Welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Ellen, and in each episode, I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. If you'd like to chat with one of these experts, you can sign up for a free consultation in the description of this episode. Today, we'll hear from the former Associate Director of Undergraduate Admissions at the University of Rochester about BSMD programs and how students can gain admission. Hi, Stacy. How are you today? I'm fantastic, Ellen. Thanks for having me. Great. So first of all, could you just tell me a little bit more about yourself? Yes. Yeah, so my name is Stacy Wells-Shay, former admissions officer for Ingenious Prep. Prior to Ingenious Prep, I was at the University of Rochester for about a decade. While I was there, I read applications from all around the world and ran our BSMD program, as well as um, a couple of other combined admissions programs. I live in Rochester, New York still. I also, you know, while I have been in Rochester, did a master's and a doctoral degree in higher education, specializing in college choice. I have two little girls. So I'm running around and keeping busy. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you became our BSMD expert? Well, obviously, my experience from working at the University of Rochester, um, I spent a number of years honing that skill, reading, running the program. Um, So within under running the BSMD program, you start to understand not only your program, um, mine was the REMS program. REMS program at U of R, but you start to understand a little bit more about what other BSMD programs look like, who your competition is, how students get in, how they do not get in. But yeah, about eight years of experience running that program. I think I'm, you know, I don't think anyone can be a full-on expert, but I think I, I know what I'm talking about. I'd love to just establish the basics of BSMD programs, just because I know a lot of people probably haven't heard of them. If they're listening to this episode, they likely have, but perhaps people are listening and they haven't heard of them and they might be interested. So to start off with, what are BSMD programs? So BSMD programs most generically are seven or eight year programs where a student would get a bachelor's of science, actually in some cases, or a bachelor of arts, and then automatically move in to a medical degree program. Some of them are what we would consider accelerated. So seven years, and then the majority of them are eight years. But really what they are is a guaranteed admission into medical school as a high school student, pending obviously you complete the requirements of your four-year bachelor's degree. So what are the advantages you know, versus a student just applying as an undergrad, is it so that they can ensure they're not taking a gap year? Well, medical school is incredibly difficult to get into. You know, I think a lot of times, and especially students today, they're very forward thinking. Um, They already have a pretty good idea. And especially I think students who are applying to a BSMD program have had the idea that they have wanted to be a doctor since someone have said, has said, what do you want to be when you grow up? 
Um, and so the pros of a program like a BSMD program are really that once you're admitted to it, you can almost, you can take a breath. You know what the future looks like. You know where you're going to be. Um, I think it allows a lot of students to kind of, I don't want to say relax their curriculum a little bit when they're in college, but along with taking pre-med requirements, it's a, it allows them a little bit more freedom and flexibility to have fun with some other courses, knowing that they already have been admitted to medical school. Additionally, you know, it, it gives great access, um, especially those medical pro BSMD programs that have access to a hospital. It gives great access to students who are undergraduates who would not normally have that type of access. Usually there's some sort of, like at, at the U of R, we had something called the REM seminar. They were courses, you know, with the REMS director who was over at the medical center, who was a doctor, you know, and that being said, they, they kind of get a, a really good insight into what is actually going to happen versus kind of a generic pre-med program where they may not. If anything, maybe they're almost looked at as like kind of the higher echelon of pre-med students within their graduate or within their undergraduate programs. Another pro would be it's seven years if you've got an accelerated program. Rochester, ours was not, but um, a seven-year medical program obviously is one year less of paying for either an undergraduate or medical school tuition, which certainly can be huge. But really, you know, I think the majority of it is you're already accepted. In some cases, you're not taking the MCAT. You're not studying for the MCAT. You're not planning on doing all of the med school applications, which takes students a number of hours. So it does, it saves a lot of time when you're in college. However, that's not to say that applying to a BSMD program, it really just transfers the work and that you're doing a little bit more as a high school student. Are there any disadvantages of these programs for students? Yeah, there absolutely are. After running a BSMD program, I spent a lot of time obviously advertising it and talking about the wonders of it. However, I mostly realized that the majority of students I was talking to about it were not going to be actually getting into it. They are extremely competitive, like take trying to get into the top, you know, three Ivy League schools all at once and make it even harder. It's, it's really a process. And so along with that idea that they are extremely competitive it's mostly the idea that what I would find is that students would be applying to a BSMD program simply because of the idea that it is a BSMD program, not because they found the undergraduate institution to be a fit for them. Fit in college is really kind of the most, one of the most important pieces of college choice making. Are you going to go to an undergraduate institution where you are happy, where you feel as though, you know, you're in a good environment that supports your learning. And that's not to say that any of that a BSMD program doesn't have those things. It's just, it's a match. Some, you know, the University of Rochester could be a great match for one person and not for the other person. Virginia Commonwealth could be a great match for one person and not for the other person. And what we would see is that a lot of students would apply simply because of the sake of it some would end up getting in. 
and be miserable because they would think, oh, I'm in a BSMD program, but I forgot that I have to be here for eight years. That's a a big deal. Um, I would say that the second piece is that in general, if you are strong enough to be admitted to a BSMD program as a high school student, chances are you're going to end up making it to medical school anyways. And chances are, instead of getting accepted into a, we'll call it a lower ranked undergraduate institution that has a BSMD program, you could get admitted to a higher ranked, a more academic institution and end up going to a better medical school later on. Mostly because again, it's so selective and there are only so many spots. You have students who very well could get into any of the Ivy League schools who are ending up at undergraduate institutions that barely make it you know, into the top 50. The BSMD program makes them highly selective, but when you look on the list, they still have that undergraduate degree from a lesser institution. And I consider that a, a, a pretty big con Because in reality, all of these students that are so high qualifying to begin with, they really, usually studying for the MCAT or applying to medical school is not as much of a a chore as they believe it to be. So is having a BSMD program somewhat of a draw for universities because they can use it to draw in those top students who might have gone to the Harvards, the UChicago's? the UCLA's and they can draw them into their school because they have this very selective program they want to attend? Absolutely. I think you'll see that a lot of institutions created BSMD or even, you know, combined admissions programs. So BS with a master's in engineering or an MBA, or I created one in, you know, education. All of those are really another means of marketing an institution to get students who are higher caliber than they might normally not see coming in through applications. It certainly raises the profile of the student who types of students who are applying to a certain university. It brings in a number of applications, which obviously I think for any college, you become more selective, obviously, with the more applications you get and the less people you admit. Um, It is a double-edged sword though, because that also means that you spend time, you have to read a number of applications for students who aren't necessarily super excited about your school. I know at Rochester, we would actually have a pile of students as we were reading applications pile, I guess when we had paper applications back in the olden days, but you know, when they moved over to electronic, we had almost a queue and we called them REMS only students um, who people who were only applying to the university because they were interested in REMS, you know, they would call us Rochester university. They would talk about majors that we didn't have. And those pretty quickly you figured out. And after it takes It takes office, it takes a staff, it takes a lot of people to read those applications and sort through who are the real students who actually want to be a part of this program and care about our school. You know, so it's a double-edged sword. Do you, who do you cater to? Do you want to up your numbers or do you actually want to get some applicants who really care about your institution? 
And what kind of students are these programs looking for? As in, what kind of extracurriculars have they done? Test scores, classes, you know, what makes them stand out from the regular pre-med applicant? Great question, Ellen. And I think that this is probably the most important piece of what an admissions counselor will look for. I dare to say, and I, I hate to say that we're looking for almost perfect students, but we're looking for almost perfect students. Generally, these are students who have a 4.0 GPA. They're students who have taken every single advanced honors, AP, IB, honors course that their school has made available. They've scored, you know, sevens on their IB exams or fives on their APs. But more importantly, you know, I've certainly admitted students that don't have those types of qualifications. I would say, you know, there are different types of students that we're looking for. One is the perfect straight A student who's amazing. The next one would be the type of student who still has great grades is maybe not Mr. Perfect, but is incredibly mature and well beyond their years in terms of maybe research or community impact. We obviously want to see a student who's really been, really understands the impact medicine will have. But additionally, that maturity shows a little bit more of kind of what will their bedside manner be? How will they be a true doctor? There's also, you know, kind of a another student who we often look at. I, I would say it depends on which BSMD program you're looking at, but there are a number of students who have a high level of research background. We, we would call those our research students. Again, pretty darn near close GPA and standardized testing, but they have really gone into the world of research, maybe a little more than even that of a, a college student. People who really are published who maybe have really done it not just like, hey, I've done it for a semester. I've done it for a couple of years with a well-known professor at a local, you know, at a university, um, something like that. And then kind of there's that final section, which is why I tell everyone, like, if you think you may be interested in a BSMD program, apply. Um, because there's always this like kind of fourth type of person, which is that super charismatic, wow, you're super cool, you're interested in medicine, you want to be a doctor, but also you like want to be a skilled and trained like classical pianist or oboe player, and you've got a really interesting profile. And all the people at your school, you kind of know you're cool. All the people at the school are going to be wondering where you go. You're also the type of student we like to get into one of those programs. It helps for recruitment purposes, but also um, you don't want a bunch of robots. So kind of adding to that whole idea that you want, well, I don't necessarily ever want a well-rounded student applying. I do want a well-rounded class of interesting people. And the same would go for a BSMD program. So, but I would say mostly, you know, the biggest pieces, passion for medicine, maturity, really great grades in what has been offered to you and 
the, be the best of the best when it comes to standardized testing. For students and parents that aren't aware, could you clarify what you mean by you don't want a well-rounded student? So gone are the days when there are expectations that a student is a jack of all trades, is the type of student that says like, well, I checked the box for volunteer work. I checked it for a sport. I checked it for community service. I've got good grades, but you're not good at anything. You're not passionate about anything. I would, the easiest way to kind of say we don't want well-rounded students is mostly we want students with edges. Um, students who really kind of have a unique hook that displays that there has been a long-standing passion for something. And that something doesn't necessarily need to be academic. It can be anything. It can be, I'm, you know, incredibly excited about fixing cars, but hey, maybe I want to be an engineer. And you know what? If you've been fixing cars every single day with your dad and started a business selling those cars or incredibly passionate about it and want to be an engineer, I'd rather have you keep doing that than sign up for community service club where you do it for two hours and really could care less because you're checking a box. I think that's what I mean about well-rounded. Just an obvious passion. I wish that had been more well known when I was in high school because I did so many dumb activities that I that we didn't mean all my friends you have to do honor society because it looks good on college application you have to do this number of hours it'll look good on your college application and just what like so many silly things to stress about that and looking back had nothing to do with my applicant profile the admissions officers probably did not care if anything it might have made me look worse because they were like why is this theater major doing this completely unrelated activity. So trying to get the word out to students so they can really focus on their passions. Yeah. I mean, I was a swimmer. I was a division one swimmer at Syracuse for my undergrad years, but in high school, I was a swimmer and I'm not necessarily sure I had time or energy. I like wanted to sleep, but same deal. I remember my college counselor saying to me like, Hey, Stace, maybe you should join this Red Cross Club. And well, for some people, it's a great club. I was like, can I just go to bed right now? <laughs> I don't want to do this. And again, no one cared. There was nothing. And you see it on the other side. You can really see it. And maybe that's the other piece is you can see it on the Common App Activities list. When students really have something that they're excited about, it comes through even on the teacher and counselor recommendations. It shows through like what a student is super excited about versus like being a serial joiner. Counselors and teachers are, are quick to talk about those students who are, are truly passionate about something. And that's not to say like it's so hard as a high school student to go out and be like, I'm going to find my passion. You know, it's not like it happens overnight. You obviously, I mean, I do it right now with my young five and seven year olds trying to help them figure out what it is they love. Like you've got to expose yourself and you certainly do have to join things to understand if that's what's exciting to you. But it would also be the tip if you join something and you like, I hate this. I don't want to be a part of it. Then get out, get out and try something new until you find what you really love. 
I have a Forbes article here, and it says that the Rice Baylor Medical Scholars Program had 1,600 applicants this past admission cycle for only six seats, which puts their acceptance rate at less than 1%. And the Case Western Reserve University's Pre-Professional Scholars Program had an acceptance rate also of 1%. So it's obviously why these programs are so competitive, because they have so few spots with so many applicants. But that leads me to my next question is, why are there so few spots? I guess you need to look down the road to the next piece of Medical schools are competitive. There are only so many medical schools in the country. Not everyone that applies to medical school gets in. And so for a medical school to reserve somewhere between, you know, five and 10 or 14 spots for a class that is five years away from them is a pretty, I think it's almost a little scary who knows, all of a sudden, if you are, let's say rice, it'll probably, you know, this is obviously probably would not happen, but what happens if all of a sudden the Baylor, Baylor medical schools profile all of a sudden, because this happens with colleges in America, all of a sudden a certain place becomes a hot spot. People want to be there. They get super excited. And all of a sudden Baylor's going, oh, wait, these people we admitted into this BSMD program and guaranteed spots, they're not as smart as our, you know, incoming students. So do they lower the profile? Maybe. There's also the piece of students can change significantly in the four years as an undergraduate. They may be incredible when you talk to them in high school. And then by the time they get to medical school, they may not be incredible. So you don't want to fill a whole class of a whole medical school class with a bunch of high school students. Would it make a medical admissions office their incoming class a lot easier? Heck yeah. But there's this obvious piece of, first you have to get accepted into, you know, some of the schools that have BSMD programs are highly selective to begin with. And then you go through a second round, you're admitted to the college, and then they do another read on you which would be a read for the BSMD program. And then they make a choice of whether you should be admitted to the medical school. So you kind of have to go through a couple of rounds. I think that for any medical school to have so many guarantees is tough. I I don't think it always works out. Um, And I've seen it not always work out. Do you agree with the statement that there's no match or safety BSMD programs? I'm assuming you do, but. Yeah, I absolutely do. Everyone is a reach and will always be a reach. And then could you list some of the top programs that students can research? Brown. Brown is always kind of the, the pinnacle program. Uh, Rice has a great program. Case Western. Pitt. Boston University, Baylor, which is part of Rice, REMS, um, which is the University of Rochester. On on just about every website too, you know, there's an option. If you go through and look at BS, type in BSMD programs, there are a lot of good rankings, but those are what I would consider to be kind of the top ones. So Forbes has also reported that several BSMD programs have closed down recently at Northwestern, WashU, Missouri Southern State University, Kansas City, and a couple others. So what do you make of that? Why are they shutting down, especially since they're so popular? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, a, a little bit of what I spoke spoke about um, prior to this and that I think it could be the case that the medical schools, one, are, are just not seeing it work out, are not seeing. So a number of these students as they get admitted to the program. So let's say, you know, you're freshman through senior year in college, you're required to keep a certain GPA to do certain, you know, seminars. And it may very well be that the students just aren't making the grade. It could also be that a number of these students are changing their mind and saying, hey, I thought medicine is where I wanted to be. The more I'm into it now, I'm realizing I'm I'm not into it. And this medical school has these, you know, slots that they've been saving and, you know, their admissions process gets kind of messed up a little. It could be that they're finding that it's just easier for the medical school is just finding that it's easier for them to admit on their own and know exactly what students they're getting so that they can increase their admit profile. It could also be that a number of these schools and the hospitals, so not every college, you know, has a medical center, or has a medical school on campus. It could be that some of the, you know, ties that bind the undergraduate institution and the medical school are, you know, starting to fizzle a little bit. It also could be that the medical school or the hospital doesn't have the money. Um, these programs are also expensive. You have to pay people to run them and you have to pay, you know, doctors and or, you know, advisors, admissions officers to one, read the applications, but also to run the program for the four years. And obviously, you know, looking at even what's happened now, nothing in the medical field right now (laughs) is about just throwing away money. And not to say that they'd be throwing it away, but, you know, looking at kind of what is the most cost-effective way to get students in. Those are kind of, in my humble opinion, ideas. Obviously, I don't know the backstory, the true stories of them, but those would, would be my guesses. I'd love to move into the application process itself now. So how does applying to a BSMD program differ from standard college admissions, both from the perspective of you as the admissions officer and the student? Yeah, so um, in general, most students will submit the application that is the same application that they would use to apply to the undergraduate institution, so Common App, or um, if the school has their own specific application. Um, And then most BSMD programs will have a separate supplement that they would fill out and return at the same time that they submit that other application. That supplement is a little bit more of the kind of why medicine and why this specific BSMD program. Um, This is often where I, you know, if I know a student is applying to a BSMD program, you also, I think, need to be sure that in your common app, like personal statement and supplementary questions that are non-BSMD to make sure you're not repeating yourself over and over again. Um, Make sure you're maybe talking a little less about medicine um, in your personal statement and in those supplement questions and save a lot of that why medicine piece for your BSMD supplements. Um, But it's tricky because you're still probably applying to schools that aren't BSMD. So it's gotta be in there a little bit. 
Um, it's a fine balance. On the admission side, we get those applications. We review students for admission to the university. And then we would then again, do a second review for students for um, BSMD. And this is just my perspective from the University of Rochester. I do know that a number of other, a number of BSMD programs also review in a similar way. Um, and so when we would review for BSMD, generally my example at the University of Rochester, which again is pretty similar, is that we would invite about 40 students of the, you know, almost a thousand applicants or more, depending on the year, to the university to come and do um, an interview weekend. And they would come interview with our undergraduate staff and at the medical school. And then once that happens, once the interviews and all of that are, are done, then we would send out admission offers. And with those offers, you're looking for you know, a certain number of spots. So I would say that most students, well, in, in most programs, what you'll see is that it's a lot like medical school offers. So it's not like, hi, you're, I'm gonna offer you admission, you're on the wait list and you're denied. It would usually be you're admitted and you send out offers to your top, you know, say five students or eight students. If any of them say no, then you ask your next student and your next student and your next student because you've got only you know so many slots. In general, really the process is not completely done until call it April, you know, but it's certainly in time for you to say yes or no by that May 1st deadline. For parents or students who are trying to organize their finances, what are the extra associated costs? Is there an extra application fee? Is the yearly cost a little higher than an undergraduate? Is there likely a cost to fly out to do those interviews? Um, no, so there's no extra cost for the supplement. There's no extra cost to apply to a BMD, BSMD program. Um, all of the flights, interviews, um, and again, in the virtual world now, a lot of those interviews may be happening via Zoom, though I know getting students on campus is kind of number one priority um, for a lot of schools. But in general, most schools will pay for flights, will pay for students to come and interview. Again, these are the top performing students in the country, or actually in the world. Um, so most colleges are happy to help recruit them. Um, and they do that by paying for all of that travel. I would say kind of the only other thing that parents and students need to have in their head is that you've got to, you know, you take a look at what medical school will cost. You are paying all your money to one institution for eight years. In general, if you have a scholarship as an undergraduate, that is not the case for medical school. So let's say they say to you, you know, you'll be paying $55,000 a year for college for, you know, for your undergraduate years, that does not mean you will be paying $55,000 for medical school. Um, you'll go through another review, be that of financial aid or whatever it may be for medical school. Um, so that's a different process. Um, certainly as you're, you know, before you commit, I would certainly have discussions with anyone running the, the BSMD program or the medical school program. Um, and I'm sure in any of the information sessions, if you are called back as a finalist, they'll discuss what it looks like 
financially and, you know, what you can expect your medical school tuition to be. I also would like to probably put as a disclaimer that in most cases, students who are being admitted to a BSMD program are not, colleges only have so many bells and whistles to contribute to high-performing students. Um, so if you're looking to get the top students from all around the world, it would be wonderful to be able to say, yes, I'm going to admit you to the BSMD program and I'm going to give you a full tuition scholarship. I'm going to let you know that it is rare and probably will not happen. BSMD program students will probably get a good scholarship. They will probably not get the best scholarships you know, the top of the line scholarships um, in terms of merit-based scholarships, because again, it, it is a marketing tool for a college or university, just as a scholarship would be. Um, so certainly, you know, if there is a, a need-based financial aid matter, you know, that doesn't get affected by BSMD. But um, the offering of a merit-based scholarship, getting into a program like this is considered to be kind of almost a reward by a college or university. They're saying to you, well, we can't give you this full tuition scholarship, a BSMD program would be, you know, is also a, a great one. How do you recommend applicants prepare for their BSMD interviews? The interviews, we would find a lot that when students would interview for their BSMD interviews. We would hear a lot from the people at the med school who were interviewing them. We would hear a lot of things. And, and I, I think sometimes because these doctors and professors spend so much time interviewing older students who have already graduated from college, who've got a little bit more life under their belt, they would hear, we would hear a lot about maturity. Some things that necessarily, you know, I would continuously remind them, like these guys are 16 and 17 years old. They're not in their twenties. And so it's pretty hard to prepare a student, um, a high school student to say, hey, go in and be more mature. But what I would say to students is brush up on your manners, brush up on your you know, on those, on your skills, because it's not just the interview where they are, for lack of a better term, judging you. You are being watched the whole time you are on that campus. Other students are watching you. They're seeing how you interact. They're seeing what you look like when you sit down and eat lunch. Um, and it's not to say that like it should be scary, but if you're sitting there, you know, shoveling food in your face and like wiping your hands on your shirt, chances are you may not be the best fit for a prestigious program. So I encourage students, and I would hear a lot about dress. You know, some students would come into the interviews and just look sloppy. Like, this might be the first time, like, buy a blazer, buy a suit, look fancy. You know, come in looking the part. And, you know, I would say to some students, like, pretend. Pretend like you are coming in and you've already graduated from college. Pretend like you're coming in to interview for your first adult job. I would say the other big piece is make sure you do your research on the school that you're going to. Don't call us the wrong name. Make sure you have a pretty good idea about what the pre-med program looks like. 
make sure you understand what the university looks like. You know, there's nothing like, again, walking in and saying, hey, I think I'm going to be a business major and be part of the REMS program. And us saying like, that's funny because Rochester doesn't have a business major. Being able to, to talk with some knowledge about the university that you're going to attend and also the med school, you know, that maybe has some sort of curriculum or something they specialize in. And I'd also recommend that students have a pretty basic idea. Obviously, you're going to go to school to figure out what field of medicine you want to be in, but be able to talk with some sort of knowledge about some of the topics that are going on in some of the fields you're interested in. In most cases, they'll give you a heads up of who you'll be interviewing with. And so if you are, you know, interviewing with an ENT doctor, maybe brush up a little on ENT and see what's going on in the, you know, ear, nose and throat world. Be able to talk a little bit about why medicine truly is interesting, not just one line, but but really be able to, to talk about maybe some journal articles or some current events. I did a casual interview for study abroad in my undergraduate and the advisor asked me who was the prime minister of the country I was applying to and my life flashed before my eyes. And luckily it was a group interview. So someone else answered and me and the other person who didn't know were like, yep, we all knew that she just answered first. So you definitely recommend students actually do the research, do not wing it. Well, the joke is I say ENT because one of our REM, REM students would talk about how she went to go interview with an ENT doctor. And I don't know anyone who wants to look it up right now, I still can't pronounce. I consider myself pretty intelligent. It's like a, what the actual name is. It's like O-T, Adelon, I, I can't even do it. Needless to say, she messed up the type of doctor he was about 2000 times. And finally he just said to her, like, just see, just say ENT. It's just easier. It's just easier. She's still a REM student. She still was a REM student, but it was a nice little embarrassing story. (laughs) Maybe know the actual field of medicine and be able to pronounce it. Do you have any recommendations for how students can pursue healthcare opportunities virtually to boost their activities list as they're in high school? Yeah, I mean, this was a tough one. I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to talk to some of our ingenious students about getting clinical exposure. I mean, during COVID, it's like, how, how are you, no one's going to let you in a hospital. They're not even, you know, letting, they're, they're letting no one in the hospital. So how are you going to do that? But I would say any type of healthcare opportunities, a lot of this is kind of word of mouth or talking to people that you know. And so, you know, first, if I would say even this goes for in-person, like the easiest way to get any opportunity, like talk to your pediatrician, talk to your friend's parents who are doctors. If those things don't happen and you're looking at virtual ways, um, research is kind of the number one piece I would always say, you know, get, get those opportunities through any type of college or university that's offering research that's done online, it can be done. um, And it was being done during COVID. But the truth of the matter is, healthcare is really an in-person type type deal. You know, obviously we've got a number of new platforms that have come about through COVID. 
And some doctors will let you shadow them as they're doing, you know, some of their video calls and video chats. There are obviously some, you know, check marks you have to go off and, you know, you'll need approval from patients, but um, some doctors were doing that. I'd like to think that maybe we won't be doing things virtually somewhat soon because really the best, the best types of experience, especially for a BSMD program are really getting in there and being where it happens. And I recommend, you know, if you're looking at kind of that list of everything that a student should have, the other piece is that clinical piece is that they should, they, you need to know what it means to be a doctor. You don't want to get in, you know, your first day of med school and realize that you actually are not a fan of, you know, blood or the cadaver lab or whatever it may be. You know, another opportunity always is a mini med school. A number of BSMD program colleges actually offer mini med schools. And I'm just going to give you an FYI. Sometimes if you go to those mini med schools and you are the highest achiever and the best student who's just awesome during those mini med programs, you certainly get a star next to your name and they generally will remember you when you're applying to their BSMD program. And usually, usually you kind of get put towards the top of the list. Certainly not a guaranteed admission, but it's just one more connection. So mini med school would certainly, you know, and I know that some of those mini med schools were being offered virtually also. It's a tough one. I would say certainly this year and in this past year, I would say that a lot of schools probably were a little bit more lenient on that, like real in-person. If you didn't have a lot of that clinical in-person experience, we kind of knew why. I would say kind of as as people, you know, we start to come out of the pandemic, there will be an expectation that, you know, students are getting back in there and shadowing um, in person though. I'm interested to know how these programs view testing because I did some research and I found that certain universities with BSMD programs, while the university proper is following test optional policies, the BSMD programs are a little more stringent. So Drexel has test optional policies, but it's highly encouraged that the students submit if they're doing the BSMD versus Union College as still requiring students to submit the SAT or the ACT. So why is testing so important for these programs? I guess it's the same way that the MCAT will probably never or will will probably take a while or will never be removed from a med school admission. Admission officers at medical schools love standardized testing. It's one more way, um, one of the many ways for any admissions officer to compare students. And in general, um, med school is a lot of work and it's a lot of testing and they want to know if you're, if you're good at it or not. Pretty simple. I, I don't ever, even if they say it is optional, unless you are in specific zip codes where it is very difficult to take an exam like the SAT or the ACT, or if you are in uh, a financial place where it is limiting 
I don't really ever see the SAT or ACT in a BSMD program not being one of the first things that is looked at, not necessarily by the undergraduate institution, but by the medical school that is admitting you to the BSMD program. Maybe the schools that still, so some will have a guaranteed admission based on, and some will have a little asterisk saying, you still have to take the MCAT, but it's kind of, you know, we'll give you a range of what you need to take. I could see those types of places that are saying, you still have to take the MCAT at the end of your senior year just to get kind of a baseline score. Um, I could see them maybe as you're being admitted as a high school student being a little more lax on the SAT, but those are, there are very few schools that have that. We've talked a lot about school fit, but there are there any other major common mistakes you see applicants making? Not really. I would say the biggest one is always just not having a clue what school you're applying to, seeing a lot of cutting and pasting of the same, you know, BSMD supplement and saying, you know, I want to be at this school because it's in a great city and you're like in the middle of a cornfield, you know, not really knowing location or anything about the school. I would say the other is thinking that the only people who are BSMD are like biology and chemistry majors. The reason BSMD students are so interesting most of the time is that they have a lot of, I think maybe the right way to look at the reason a BSMD, a student should be applying to a BSMD program is they want to apply to a BSMD program because they know they want to be a doctor, but also they have other things that they want to do in college that they want to explore that will help supplement their ability as a physician. And so seeing a secondary interest or even an initial interest of, I want to be a biomedical engineer, and then I want to be in med school, or trying to make an admissions officer think, and again, I'm not saying well-rounded, but trying to make an admissions officer think, I'm a biology, I want to be a biology major, all I do is biology, all I study is biology, I'm going to do biology in college, and then I'm going to go, and I'm going to be a physician. That's not necessarily, um, I want to know that you're a smart biology student, but I want to see, like, I mean, we had REM students who were history majors, who were language majors, who had, you know, a couple of different, like, you don't necessarily need to be a science major. You can be in the social sciences, you can certainly public health so I think the mistake I would see is, is students not branching out of that, like hardcore sciences. Obviously, if the hardcore sciences are the only thing that you love and that is your edge, by all means. But make sure you understand that there are other pieces of medicine, certainly, even just when you're applying to a normal undergraduate program. But for BSMD, know that science, or, you know, medicine is all-encompassing. How can younger students prepare if they're eyeing BSMD programs or maybe just eyeing medical school and perhaps they'll apply to a BSMD program? Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of goes right off of what I just said, understanding that there are numerous parts of medicine. And if you're a younger student, doing your best to explore all of those. 
explore public health, explore medical ethics, explore biology, explore psychology, explore all of those areas that can have an impact. And if you find, or better yet, and you know, do, do some research, do actual science research um, and see if that's for you. A lot of times I will see students who are younger and they've spent a lot of time doing research and I hear research, 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 but I don't see a lot of the clinical side. And, you know, I always wonder, would they be better off, you know, going to college and getting a bachelor's degree and then going on and doing a PhD program, which would focus more on research. So maybe just getting a better understanding of what science research looks like. Do it. Um, Spend some time doing it you know, find a professor, send a, an email out, have your parents or your counselors or friends or someone connect you, you know, with a professor to do research. I also recommend doing some shadowing, getting that experience in there early is great for your resume. Cause you can, that is something you should check off the box, but it also gives you an idea. This is where I want to be. This is where I don't want to be. Um, so just doing that kind of self-exploration I also think that for younger students, for pre-med or BSMD, same as I said before, like cultivate a reading habit that helps you have knowledge and be able to speak about topics in the field. Try to find five or six different subject areas within medicine and spend a couple weeks studying each. And certainly I think that that will help So that when you do get to the place where you're saying, should I do BSMD? Should I not? You can say like, no, I really, I think that being a doctor is actually 100% what I want to do. I think this is the field. These are the two or three fields that I want to go into. Um, Save yourself all that work, you know, as you get closer and, and start to do it now and start to do it earlier. Do you have any other words of advice or encouragement for class of 2022? Have fun. Have fun with it. I, I think probably the, the biggest piece of advice I would have to give all of you is that if you are applying to BSMD programs, just remember how hard they are to get into. Even if you don't get into one and medical school is your dream, chances are you still will find an avenue to get there. You know, having a, a BSMD Denial does not mean that you will not have a future as a physician. Um, 99.9% of doctors take the normal path, and that is okay. Um, In some cases, they may be better doctors for it. If you are lucky enough to get into a BSMD program, get ready to work your tail off. I'm sure that all of you will do it if if you are accepted, but prepare yourself and get ready. It'll be a fun ride, but it's going to be a lot of tough work. But yeah, mostly just good luck. Thank you so much for joining us today, Stacey. I'm sure our listeners appreciate your insight into BSMD programs. For more information, check out our blog linked in the episode description. If you have any questions or would like to request a topic for a future episode, go ahead and give us a follow and send us a message on social media with the hashtag InsightMissions. That's all for now. Thank you for listening and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.